welcome to Parenting Decoded, a podcast for practical approaches to parenting. I'm Mary Eschen. With Thanksgiving rapidly approaching, we often drift to evaluate our parenting and ask ourselves if we're raising children who are thankful. Are we? Kids are self-centered from the get-go, no doubt about it. We have to teach them to be grateful for all that they have, all that we give them. But how on earth do we do that when there's so much taking and so little giving going on around us? Well, today I want to talk first about entitlement, what it is and how it can grow out of control. Then I'll go over ideas on how to nurture an attitude of gratitude in your home. Entitlement begins when we forget that our extracurricular activities and things that we have are privileges, not expectations. Simply put, that means that a person expects to be handed everything in life without having to work for it. They expect to be treated better. They expect to have the best things, and they expect others to provide it for them. Because for one reason or another, they unrealistically think they deserve it. Typically, we think of entitled children who are living on their parents' couch in their 20s, the ones who never get a job and won't move out, right? They have all the internet they can possibly use, free food in the fridge and parents that cook and clean for them, so there's no need to move out when there are only crummy jobs available anyway. Well, that certainly sounds like an entitled child, but hey, what about if you have a younger child, maybe even a toddler? What might that entitled child look like? Hmm. Well, in her book, The Me, Me, Me Epidemic, Amy McCready describes a younger child that needs everything her way, can only see her needs, and doesn't take ownership over her needs and wants. We always want to believe that's not our kid. In her book, you come to realize that entitlement comes in the form of time and attention we give, not only just materialistic things. You see, our kids demand our attention. They need us. They want us. They will do anything in their power to keep our attention and not allow us any time to ourselves. Ouch. We might be making entitled kids, after all, even from an early age. Let's talk about a few ways to recognize entitlement in our homes. I'm going to go over five areas to look at. The first is giving instant gratification. Next, rewards are expected. Then boundaries are not respected. Life is supposed to be fair. And the fifth one, providing constant entertainment. So I'm going to go into a little more detail of each of these areas of concern. The first, giving instant gratification. Every time our kids want something and we give it to them, they come to expect whatever it is, a toy, a sandwich, picking them up, waking them up in the morning, picking up their clothes, giving them your phone while you're at a restaurant, tying their shoes. When our kids are shopping and they see a toy and have to have it now and we give in, that turns into entitlement. They come to expect it. Our whole society is becoming dominated by getting everything now, now, now. The second area, rewards are expected. Giving money for chores and paying for good grades can easily fall into this category. But so is going out for ice cream after your child has behaved nicely at grandma's or the doctor or whatever. When our kids expect to get rewarded, it's not a reward, and it will lead to a child feeling entitled to that quote-unquote reward. To see if you have an entitled child run this experiment, try withholding the reward 
and see what their reaction is. The third area, boundaries, are not respected by entitled kids. Lots of parents try to set boundaries, but then their kids ignore them. Why should they have to go to sleep at a certain hour or get off electronics? Mom and dad always say that I should get off, but they never make me, so why should I believe them when I really want to play more? The expectation is that mom and dad can be ignored. Another example, I don't feel like sitting in my chair during dinner, so I'm going to get up and play. Mom always runs after me with food, so I'll never starve. I hate vegetables anyway. You can tell if this is a problem area for you by asking yourself, who's running this show? The fourth area, our kids think that life is supposed to be fair. Our kids get that impression that just because their friend got a new set of boots or maybe a new iPhone or doll or Lego set, whatever, that they should too. It's not fair, is declared in many homes. Entitled kids think that life's supposed to be always fair. My friend was telling me how her seventh grader was complaining that his best friend just got a brand new iPhone, but he only got an older and cheaper model phone, and he also had to pay for half of it. It's not fair, is what he told his mom. Mom's practicing empathy and going brain dead with, I know, and that's so sad. The fifth and last area I want to talk about is us providing constant entertainment. We program our kids to think that they should be entertained 24-7, that mom and dad should make sure there are things for them to do all the time. It could be sports, music or art lessons, playing in the park, playing Legos at home, play dates with friends, or heaven forbid, playing with electronics. But if there is a pause or silence, the void is expected to be filled by the parents, and our kids expect this. In a society that is so concerned with building self-esteem, we often get it completely backwards, and it backfires into entitlement. You don't build self-esteem by praise and flattery. This actually breeds entitlement and selfishness. Instead, self-esteem is built by teaching responsibility and a sense of accomplishment, and gratitude can grow from there. So what's a parent to do? How can we raise grateful kids? If you want to raise grateful kids in an entitled world, you have to make sure you're modeling a heart of gratitude. I'm going to go over a long list of ideas. Pick a few that resonate with you now, then expand the list over time. Number one, stop complaining. Yep, this one's about you. Our kids watch us like hawks from a very early age. If every time something goes wrong in our lives, we complain about it, they will learn to complain as well. Most of us don't even realize that our complaining is an example of entitlement. Whether you're complaining about traffic, the weather, a crummy boss, or not being able to go on vacation, cut back your complaining. Number two, reframe things in a positive way and give empathy that life's not fair. When we do have disappointments, which will happen every day, show your kids how we can reframe them in the positive. It's a rainy day and we can't play outside? How disappointing. Maybe we can make some hot chocolate and play a game. Gosh, there's so much traffic out here. It sure can be frustrating. Maybe we can play a spelling game as we drive. I'm sorry your red shirt is in the washer. 
It's so fortunate you have so many other shirts to choose from. Kelly got a new iPhone for her birthday. Technology sure does change fast. It sure would be fun to have all the latest and greatest gadgets, but that's not the way our family operates. Billy got a better grade than you on the last test. That sure is tough. What can you do next time to do better? I love how you're getting smarter every year. It sure is a challenge. Number three, teach delayed gratification. It's fine to address your child's urgent needs like going to the bathroom or eating a meal. However, when it comes to things they want, delay it. Encourage your kids to have a want list going in your house. Allow them to use their money to buy their own toys, the kind that they have to save up for and remember to bring their money to the store in order to buy that precious toy. Listen to my money podcast to see how to set up how kids can earn money for their own rewards. Number four, teach the value of hard work and chores. By allowing our kids to help in chores, they're more likely to appreciate efforts of others who are doing chores for them. Have your kids start chores at an early age so that they can gain a respectful understanding that life consists of hard work and work that's not always all that exciting. My kids used to fold socks and set the table from a very early age. Starting early is easiest, but if your kids are older and you haven't given them any yet, start something. Laundry is my favorite chore to give kids since it only affects them. Check out my chores podcast for more ideas if this is an area you'd like to expand on. Number five, set healthy boundaries and say no. Our kids need to have healthy boundaries and know that when we say no, we mean no. Lots of kids are always whining and pushing on us to get us to do things because they know if they push long and hard enough that sometimes we'll give in. It actually gives them peace of mind to know what the rules and limits are as long as we set loving rules and limits. In my Family Meetings podcast, I talk about how to set up family rules in a loving and team-like manner. One rule I love is when families let kids know When they get up from the dinner table, it signals that they're done with dinner. Their plates are quickly cleared to demonstrate the rule, even if the child hasn't eaten much. They're welcome to have carrots, but dinner is done. Number six, teach your kids about money. Teaching your kids about money can help keep the entitlement syndrome at bay rather than feeling like everything should be handed to your kids. Listen to my podcast about money to learn all sorts of tips for getting gratitude into your kids' lives through saving and giving in addition to spending. Number seven, do a charity project. You can do something as simple as helping out a neighbor. It doesn't have to be large, but as your kids grow, the projects you choose can grow too. For years, my family made bag lunches for the homeless and wrapped gifts at the family giving tree. Yes, I had to set it up, and I'd try to gather other families with kids the same ages, but we did it. We did it regularly. A friend was telling me how his family of five boys always went out with their church to clean up a highway with an adopt-a-family highway once a month. If your family loves the beach, do a beach cleanup, either with or without an organized group. Number eight, expand your family's cultural experiences. Encourage relationships and exposure to other cultures, lifestyles, 
and economic levels. When my son was in high school, I insisted we go build houses with our church in places of extreme poverty in Mexico. My other son and I went to a remote village in Guatemala and helped with a medical mission. But no one needs to cross any borders to expose their families to something that's different. Most of us can just go across town. Find ways to explore. Go to cultural festivals. Learn about different religions or ethnicities or points of view. Number nine, practice acts of kindness together to teach empathy. We have two kids in our neighborhood who walk the dogs of an elderly couple who can't walk them as much as they used to. I fix soup for my elderly neighbor and pick up her paper when she's not feeling well. I gather the young families at my church together to pick up trash in local parks a few times a year. Kids love to help and help with joy when we're all working together, modeling the joy of giving back. Number 10. Use gratitude in your daily conversations. Some families have each person keep a gratitude journal and write three things a day in it. I did this with my youngest, and it was helpful in resetting his frame of mind. It wasn't a quick fix, though. It needed to be modeled for a long time. Other families go around the dinner table on maybe Sunday nights and take turns saying things that they're grateful for. Still, other families maybe do that every night at bedtime. It's up to you. Set it up. Do it. Number 11, don't give rewards all the time. This is super important. Rewards are fine as long as they aren't expected. Your expectations for a standard of behavior should be high, and every once in a while, it's fine to go out for ice cream to celebrate some event, but not every time. If your child ever starts expecting a reward, it means that you've gone overboard as a parent and you might need to dial it back. Number 12. Limit gifts. When kids expect to have all the latest toys and gadgets each holiday or birthday, we're creating entitled kids. I will talk more in my next podcast about gift giving, but I want to mention one family who put really great rules around their gifts to entitle proof their family. Each family member gets four things for the holidays something to wear, something to read, something they want and something they need. So simple. I love it. Number 13, donate. Be generous. Have your kids donate their old clothes and toys they grow out of. It's easier for us to pack them up and ship them out, but resist the urge. Have them participate. I love how some families before birthdays or holidays make room for new things by clearing out things no longer used. One family I know even has a rule where every toy that comes in the house, for every toy that comes in the house, one goes out. That would be tough for me to do, but I love that family's commitment to not allowing our materialistic society to get the better of their kids. Number 14, the last one. Have your kids write thank you notes. Every kid should write personal thank yous for gifts and experiences. If grandma and grandpa took them to the zoo, have them write a thank you. Have them draw a picture if they can't write. I even taught my boys to make the cards, and over time, they learned to address and stamp them too. I think that all of these ideas of how to promote gratitude in your house 
and thankfulness can come together to help you raise more grateful children. I came across a list that um, a woman named Mandy posted on her blog called Motherhood Maniac. And I think it helps get us into a mindset of gratitude. She said, what every child needs to know is this. Money doesn't grow on trees. If you want money, you work for it. You may have to save up for big-ticket items. Everything in life is earned. Money, power, and respect. There are people who have it worse than them. Responsibility starts with them. You aren't always going to be there to bail them out. And lastly, life is not fair. I just love how that list sounds. If we're able to accomplish those things, our kids will be in good shape and be able to have an attitude of gratitude. If you'd like some practical ideas about gratitude activities you can do with your family, head to my Parenting Decoded Pinterest board on gratitude. I'll put the link to it in my show notes, as well as a link to picture books to read with younger kids on thankfulness and gratitude. Final thoughts. Practice patience. Gratitude takes years of practice, so we as parents need to practice patience and keep modeling for them. Do it over and over in lots of different ways. It'll make a lifetime of difference. That's all for now. But if you could do me a favor and write a quick review of this podcast, that would be really amazing. My goal is to help families, and you can really help me doing that by taking a minute to write a review. Take care and be safe. Have a blessed rest of your day.